Oh, it was tough, you know, uh, being away for three months. Um, obviously, it isn't ideal. Um, but yeah, it was a tough three months, you know. Um, credit to all the boys. Um, we've came back fit, we've came back strong, and we've, we've had a good game tonight, you know. Uh, we're unlucky not to get the win, but it feels good to be in the, be in the starting 11 and, and, and playing games here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, I just recognized the space in behind. Um, and Rob, Rob Kieran played a great ball over top, just ran onto it and just finished it. Um, but yeah, just, just happy to come out with the point. We'll focus on our next game next weekend and uh, lots of work to be done. Lots of work to be done. No, I think uh, we're both on the same boat. We know, we know what we want, which is a uh, solid back. Um, you know, nothing to get through us. Great communication. He has a great experience, myself as well. Um, you know, and it's just kind of holding the team together. A great core down the middle, and if we continue to do that, great communication, organize the team. Um, you know, Orange Johnny has a lot to give and going for that championship. Hey, coming again. I, I tell you what, two months ago, I, I, I thought that, you know, it was going to be, you know, the end of the season. Um, but to, to get word about a month and a half ago or a month ago, I think it was, when, when they announced that we're going to actually have a league, I think, you know, everybody's extremely grateful and, and, and very happy and, and to just even be out here. Um, but with that said, then it brings in all, all the frustrations because ultimately, you know, we're all ultra competitive when we want to win and, and it gets a bit frustrating at times. But we understand because um, health is, is, is the number one focus and we'll make sure everybody's healthy. But, you know, that was our first 11 v 11 game in two weeks. We haven't we haven't been able we haven't had the numbers because with a few few positive tests and guys being in quarantine and and you know obviously Thomas Innovolson's in Denmark for the birth of his child. Um just being short on numbers and not having the opportunity to bring guys in. Chandler Hoffman has been here for 10 days and yesterday was his first day of training just because of all the protocols. So I didn't know what quite to expect physically. I thought the players had done a really good job coming in to stay fit. Um, but again, it's, it's about match sharpness and match, match fitness. And, and I thought you could see the first 15, 20 minutes was a bit of a struggle yeah. to kind of get themselves back up to the, the match. We committed a lot of fouls just being late. Um, and Phoenix wasn't giving you much space. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, we didn't we didn't do a good job of spacing ourselves yeah. out and, and creating what we really wanted to do. And I thought ultimately by, you know, at halftime we had a word and, and we came out the second half. I thought we grew into the game and I thought we did really well to start the second half. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. It's our 100th episode, but we're here to have a little bit of fun. We also brought someone along to help us share what's going on with the club. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant the last 10 This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. 
How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Like I said, it's our 100th episode, so we've got some fun going on today. Quick, let me introduce my co-host, and then we'll bring on our special guest. First co-host, welcome back, as always, is Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? It's going great. And if you haven't noticed, it's our 100th episode. Austin Roby in uh, Miami saying it there. But none of the rest of you have made 100 appearances, so I'm the only centenarian. Oh, look at him already calling it out for everyone. Uh, someone that's pretty close in numbers, but definitely nowhere near where Dylan is. That's Alan down in San Diego. Alan, how are you doing? Uh, things are going pretty well down here. Um, you know, same old, same old soccer season starting. There's lots, been a lot of really fun games to watch. And, um, I know we're going to talk about this one, but, uh, this one was entertaining. Um, even if it was only one, one, uh, it was a really good game to watch. And I think it really showcased the strength of both teams and the strength of the Western conference. Perfect. Thank you very much, Alan. One last a uh, person to introduce before we get to our guest, and that's a friend of the show. He's been on here numerous times. Hopefully he doesn't make too much noise in the background. Um, he is also, uh, I guess, now part of a history podcast, not just covering soccer. He likes to talk a little bit about history, uh, and that would be a, a mouthful of history. That's his new podcast. This is Cameron. Cameron, how you doing? Doing all right, Ray. Um, history was my bachelor's degree, and so few friends we decided to get together and uh create a history podcast so i know most of my all my media were all my media was in soccer but now getting into the world thousands of years of history to share with all of you now perfect and now let's do this let's introduce the person that most of you are probably tuning in to hear uh, from and that's a defender for Orange County Soccer Club. I, I believe we've tried to get him on the podcast before. I can't remember if we've actually gotten him on. With uh, I know we've had technical difficulties in the past, but maybe he'll remind us. That's Kevin Alston, defender for your Orange County Soccer Club. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, happy to be here. I, I think I did come on once. I believe we had technical issues. I don't know if it was a live stream, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Perfect. And we are definitely glad to have you back on this podcast. Uh, you know, you, you've, you're one of the elder statesmen now for this team. You've been on uh, longer than most on this roster. Uh, for those that follow the USL, you know, there's a lot of roster turnover from time to time. So when you can have a player that's been around for multiple seasons, it's always a great thing. Uh, Kevin, uh, heading into the season, before any of this craziness happened, uh, just sort of go through what your mentality was and what you thought of the team that was built by uh, Coach Braden Cloutier and uh, General Manager Oliver Vise. So going into the season, you know, I I, I was in pretty frequent contact with uh, Braden and Oliver, um, talking about uh, you know guys that might be coming in, new pieces, and I was I was really excited. You know, I think um, as you all can see, we we've put a really good squad together on paper, and uh, I think we've worked really hard to um, try and put it all together. You know, obviously things haven't really. Uh, played out the way anybody expected but going into the season I'm, I was just excited you know I was 
I was feeling as good as ever, you know, ready to ready to get going. You know, any anytime you start a preseason, uh, it's it's fun to see, you know, the new guys coming in, uh, interact with everybody, just get back into the swing of things and, uh, you know, grind together in the hope of getting ready for the season. Uh, now, break it down for just sort of the mentality of, of yourself and maybe the team in general. You go into that first match against El Paso. There's sort of some rumblings about this thing called the coronavirus that's starting to spread around the United States. But the game goes on as planned. And then I believe just a few days after that 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 match, uh, the league sort of suspends operations because of concern for uh, player safety, fan safety, and just safety in general. Uh, what was going on in the mind of a player through that whole craziness? Wow, a lot. I mean, it was it was tough. You know, I, I it, like you said, we had that first game, and I think it was – we had a bye week in the second week, so it's a little bit different of a week. I think we came in that Monday following everything, um, and that's when we really learned – uh, that things were being shut down. And, and, and at that time, it's, it's really unexpected. And, and it's such a, it's a situation that nobody's really dealt with before. So you don't really know how to, you know, respond to it. But from our mentality, it was just like, all right, well, you know, let's stay ready. Uh, let's see what we need to do as a team. Obviously, like things were, operations were shut down, but how can we individually just stay ready? Because our thought was, hey, we'll, we'll be back soon. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort this out, nip it in the butt. But um, clearly Corona had much different plans so as a it's just i think the main thing was just staying uh locked in and together as a team you know you don't want to get too distant especially spending that much time together after everything you've kind of achieved in preseason so you know whether it was zoom calls or just you know um anything we could do to just kind of stay connected as a team throughout the process and so what did you do to stay in shape or at least prepare for the potential return I went on a lot of, uh, so my thing was during quarantine, I, I did a lot of uh, hikes with my dog. That was like our, our get outside activity that we could uh, kind of stay distance from everybody. And uh, from that, um, I started doing a lot of trail runs. Uh, m- most notably Crystal Cove, I believe there's a, there's a seven mile loop that I was doing every Saturday. Um, and just trying to find other ways to stay fit. I mean, it's hard because you, know, you don't have a gym, you don't have a weight room. We have, you know, some free weights, so kind of just make do with what you got and go for runs here and there. And uh, you know, I think we had rowers at one point, which was great. But, you know, it was definitely a, a, a big change and everybody just really had to try and adapt to it. But my thing was trail runs. It's just going full Rocky status, like <laughs> taking the meat carts and just like throwing it. Oh like, yeah, everything you can. <laughs> Anything you can. I think at one point we were doing Zoom workouts and we didn't have weights, so like we would use bags filled with whatever just to have something that had weight in it. It, it was, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> Let me pass it over to you, Dylan. Uh, Kevin, obviously, um, it's come up in the past, especially with the work the club does with Soccer for Hope, but. Uh, mm-hmm you are a leukemia survivor. How much of that weighs on you um, with a particularly uh, deadly yeah. virus? Yeah, a good amount, at least initially. You know, I it was a big concern for me. Um, I, you know, I still have pretty frequent uh, checkups with my oncologist to do blood work. So that was kind of one of the first things we really talked about. But, you know, it was tough because there wasn't a whole lot of information out on this. And, and still, I think there's still a lot of things that are kind of evolving every day and pretty unclear. So 
from the, from the the surface, you know, I I was worried at first, but after talking to my oncologist, you know, I think we the the main thing we came to terms with was that I'm healthy, my immune system's healthy, so I I wouldn't necessarily consider myself higher risk right now just because my immune system's pretty much the same as anybody else's. So now, if I were still ongoing treatment or anything like that, I'd I'd probably have some more concerns. But it has weighed pretty heavily on the back of my mind, and still does. You know, I I think about it all the time, but I you know try to be safe as possible and control what I can control. Well, glad to hear you are doing well. Um, you missed out on the first match. Um, Danny Finlayson took your spot, but it's going to get back out there. Are you close? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I'm very close. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be back out there very, very soon. Um, obviously it's, you know, it's one of those things where you, we have 15 games left, so I don't want to, I don't want to rush anything and get back too early and, you know, risk, uh, missing more games. But I, I think Danny did a great job. You know, I, I, it's not a tough matchup whenever you go against Phoenix with those front three specifically. And I, I, uh, to, to pretty much keep a clean sheet apart from the set piece. I, I think, uh, he, he adapted very well to that role and, and, and did his job. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm itching to get back out there. You know, it's, uh, I live, I live for that. And, uh, so when I'm ready, I'll, I'll be there and I'm, I'm ready to go. So, um, Orange County has a, pretty pretty good and i think a pretty smart mix of both real of i want to say veteran players but veteran players um mm -hmm. and and young players and you've been with the team for a while what is your role in kind of i don't say mentoring if you will uh some of the younger players on the team especially on that back line like do you feel like you're you want to take over that role as a mentor or is that something you're like hey we we're just going to work with them and and figure it out have you taken any under your wing work with them at all like what do you feel your role is in helping the younger generation yeah i mean so i i think the younger generation is so important and uh for me you know i've always been more of a uh i'm, I'm not a big talker i i i mean i i talk to people on the side but i've always tried to be more of the lead by example type and um whether it's in trainings if if i, I try to you know pass on as much advice and uh uh you know, whatever I've learned through my process, I try to pass it on to the younger guys, um, you know, guys like Dan and uh, young guys coming in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want, I want to see everybody succeed. So I, I, I think, yeah, for me, it's, it's more just lead by example on the field, but, but I try to pass on as much pointers as I can throughout trainings constantly. You know, if it's something I see that can be uh, tinkered with a little bit or formational, or maybe you could have approached uh, this situation differently. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll certainly speak up and, and I try to help them out as much as possible because, you know, we're, we're all in it together, but they're the future. Cameron, go ahead. So Kev, you're a Jack of all trades fullback. You get up the pitch, you can defend well as well, but if you had to pick one quality that you feel like you've improved on the most throughout your entire career, what quality would that be improved on the most throughout my entire like if, career it's like if you'd pick one quality what would it like that you noticeably felt you improved on from the beginning to now and that's uh, a very like broad question like yeah so i I'd, I'd say the thing i've improved on the most is 
Um, you know, I, I think I've always taken pride in my 1v1 defending, but I think, especially earlier on in my career, I was, you know, positionally, I think I was lost at sometimes, you know, just, you know, trying to figure out where I need to be within the back line, figuring out where I need to be, where I don't find myself in dangerous positions, kind of eliminating those things before they even happen. So I, I'd say my biggest improvement has been um, just my position in the back line and um, just my angles and possession and playing out. You know, I, I, I think I've, I've, I've improved in that aspect where, um, you know, I've, I've playing out of the back, you know, especially on teams like this, where we, we really want to focus on playing out of the back. I think I, I can help be an integral part in the back where we can start the possession moving up the field. So I, I'd say position, just my position on the field um, and, and just my possession out the back, I think have been my, my two biggest improvements. Wonderful. Um, we, I think we're out of serious questions for you. So I'll ask you the question that we ask everyone, all the players that come on this podcast, what is your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? Oh, okay. Favorite veg vegetable. Well, I'd say recently in the past three or four years, beets have really taken a front seat. Uh, and and it, it all started when I played in Orlando because our, our nutritionist just, she was all about beets and, and I, I still don't really know what they do for you, but she said they were great. And we would, we would take beet formula before games and she recommended beets in all our diets. And I actually like beets, you know, I, 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 and the way I prepare them is I, I boil them. I put them in a pot and I boil them for like 45 minutes and then the skin just peels off and I dice them up, throw them in the fridge. So I'd say beets. Beets are probably my number one right now. But but like if we're talking all time, you know, I've always loved cabbage. Um, you know, my, my, my family's from my dad's side of the family's from North Carolina. So my grandma always used to make this great cabbage. So something like that. But beets are really top of the charts right now for me. If that's even that's and, a vegetable, right? I'm assuming that's a vegetable. Uh, it can be if you I, want it to be. Okay, I think it checks okay. out. All right. But Kev, Kev, not only are you a footballer, soccer player, you're also a Twitch streamer as well. You you've had your uh, time <laughs> on Twitch. So uh, have you had during this quarantine? Have you had time to you know up your Twitch game, up the video game, <laughs> the video game. So, <laughs> so, so th this is kind of the progression of my quarantine. So early on, I started playing Warzone pretty aggressively. Um, I wasn't streaming per se, but I was, I was playing Warzone, but, but my, but I probably spent way too many hours watching tw Twitch streams. You know, I have my, my list of favorite streamers and, uh, I'll spend, I'll put in a lot of time doing research, you know, <laughs> I'll watch them during the day. I'll jump on the sticks at night, try to, try to implement what I've seen. Um, so, yeah, but, but then, but then the problem was I was playing so much Warzone that I just went, I went zero to 100 and then back to zero. So I, I haven't played too much recently, but I've, I'm still watch. I watch Twitch streams every single day. Um, so that, that's, that's pretty much been my progression during quarantine. Spending a lot Workout. of hours. Yeah, workouts, war zone, switch watching. That's what... yeah, and hikes and hikes. That's a big hikes. one. That was, hikes, that was like yeah. a, a daily thing. I was either hiking with my dog or we're going. We've been going on like two hour walks at night. So we've. It, uh, it's interesting because yeah, it's watching has made people. Uh, 
yeah, this quarantine has made people sort of have to figure out new ways to entertain themselves. So I'm glad you were able to at least find some ways to uh, entertain yourself, stay in shape and stay prepared for the return of the season. Uh, quickly, can you give us a, a anticipation or, or a, a, a guess of what's going to happen uh, this weekend? Or prediction, well, I guess? I think, I think it's going to be a lot different than the game last weekend just because now that we played we've seen each other we've kind of learned you know how teams have progressed throughout the quarantine we, we see how they line up I'm sure they'll make some adjustments um, we have some adjustments we want to make on, on our own but I, I believe in us man I I truly believe across the USL we have one of the best rosters if not best rosters on paper and I think we have the potential to put it together you know it's just can we deliver the full product? And I, I, I think we can. So I like us. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great matchup either way. I'm, I'm not going to come on here and make any score predictions. That's, that's never been my <laughs> style, but we will certainly put our best foot forward and we, uh, we hope to come out with three points. I guess one prediction we can make is that former teammate Kanto won't be uh, available for this match because of the red card at the end that, of the last match. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, you don't get to, to see him again uh, in, in a few days. So, uh, but uh, best of luck to you and the rest of your teammates there in Orange County against the bitter rivals from Phoenix, Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch Kevin Olson, Orange County Soccer Club, uh, and your favorite team uh, this weekend. Is it? It's a Saturday match, Saturday evening yep. on ESPN Plus, and also on Cox Yearview if you're in the Orange County or Santa Barbara area. So, uh, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your evening to join us on the show and best of luck to you guys this weekend. No problem. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it guys. Perfect. Awesome. Once again, Kevin Alston defender for your orange County soccer club. Uh, we always love when we have uh, players on the stream and luckily for us, Kevin, even though the first time you tried to join us, we ran into some major technical difficulties. He was still willing to come back on and, and spend a little bit of time with us. And uh, because of a delay on my EUSL match that happened right before the stream we got on here a little late so he he hung out a little bit later than he probably was anticipating so we definitely appreciate that why are you shaking your head uh alan i just just unprofessional unprofessional (laughs) (laughs) but that's on brand so it's all it works out i was gonna say when did we ever truly say that we are a 100 professional uh, podcast here we we do our best Uh... but time to time things happen um, if you didn't catch it just before we went live with this podcast, my EUSL match, I actually finally decided to use Rangers FC as my team in the EUSL with what two games left, I believe. And it went pretty well for me. So, uh, props to our partner fans out there in Scotland. Uh, you have a great football club out there and, and they worked out well for me. So I probably will continue using them at least next week as well. Uh, let's get into talking about this Phoenix match that happened just what? When did it happen? I'm I'm just so almost a week ago. Last Thursday, almost a week ago. Five days. Five days ago. So a work week ago, uh, when Phoenix came out to Orange County, and it was a one-one draw. So my score prediction didn't come true. Gratefully uh, for that. Um, let's get quick first impressions of that match, and I'm going to start off with our guest here, uh, Cameron. I thought it was a uh, Orange County played a very good game. I mean, apart from probably two flurries that Phoenix had, I think Orange County controlled the match. I thought they defended well. They got into some good scoring areas, and I felt that 
Did Darwin Jones go down easy? I think he could have stood up and got that second goal, but you know, I think probably there was contact there. And I just think that when Jones and Coleman came on, we we had Phoenix on the ropes. And I think we could have done a bit more to get that second goal. But overall, I thought Orange County after the lockdown had played a very strong game. What about you, uh, Alan? I'd have to agree. I think you, you go toe-to-toe with Phoenix. It's always um, a – what up? It's always a, a good sign. Um, I think Phoenix might had had a slight advantage in uh, possession overall, but we all know that possession is kind of a trash stat and doesn't really tell you a whole story. But, I mean, like pretty even shots, pretty even shots on target. Um, it was it was a like I said, it was a pretty even match all the way through. I thought Orange County had a better run of play throughout the entirety of the of the match. Um, I think that they are going to adjust a few things. Uh, Phoenix's back line looked a little bit sluggish, which I think Orange County on those wings with some speed can do some stuff. Um, Phoenix's midfield is uh, underwhelming to say the least. Um, I think. Um, Phoenix as a soccer club right now is, is well endowed with talent, but if you look at their talent, it's almost always, it's almost entirely on the front line. Um, they're kind of weak in the midfield, which leaves them open to orange County, who I think one of their strengths is a lot of their midfield players like an Aiden Quinn. And I think they put them under a lot of pressure. Um, I think that orange County should feel very positive going into this weekend's match. And then what are your thoughts still in uh, on this match? You know, I think we all predicted Orange County was going to lose. Um, not me. Oh, they, yeah. They did a really good job. I did not expect the 4-4-1-1, 4-4-2, however you look at that. Um, I did not expect that. I didn't expect it to work. They did a really great job. I mean, Danny Finlayson coming in, he's really young and he's playing out of position and he's playing against one of the best USL wingers and just, I mean, honestly, like kind of put him in his pocket. He didn't really have trouble. Uh, we didn't really have trouble on that right-hand side. So I was pleased with it. Um, I have to disagree with Cameron. I don't think uh, DJ shouldn't try. I don't think he should try and stay on his feet with a challenge like that against the last man. We're kind of haunted by that last year. Um, sometimes you just have to finish a game off, especially when you're doing everything against the run of play. And I thought we played super well uh, and took our chances against the run of play. And I think, honestly, we did a really good job of just with the issues that we had and the lack of match fitness that everyone had playing against Phoenix as opposed to trying to play our own game. And we frustrated them, and it was evident with the bickering that was going on in the field. Um, and the tempers flaring on the field and you pull one back and you take a point and it's a massive, massive point to pick up. Definitely a massive point to pick up, especially in a very tough group B, although San Diego left the door open there with a, a sort of disappointing loss to LA galaxy too, but we won't get there. I'm sure Alan will discuss that with his, uh, fellow San Diego fans and supporters in the next day or two. Uh, by the way, technical difficulties prevented him from being on at the beginning of the podcast, but he tried and he tried and we figured it out. 
We've got Andy from County Line Coalition. Uh, Andy, we were just going through and just giving quick little uh, thoughts on the match against Phoenix this past Thursday. Uh, what was your uh, first impression of uh, the, the result in that match? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm a little um, out of sorts here. But, uh, you know, I'm the guy who pretends to know what he's talking about, so I'm just going to keep doing that. And, um, you know, on, on paper, Phoenix is – uh, easily the best team in the West, possibly the best team in the league, right? And that's what that's what Devin Kerr told us for 90 minutes during the game. Um, and they've they've had a game since then. I mean, let's call it what it was. It was a tune-up match against the Los Dos Kids, and that's not a knock against them. Um, but it was it was grown men playing a bunch of kids, um, and we haven't played in like almost three months, right? Um, actually it was over three months. So, you know, I'll take a point against them. Um, I, our games against them are always competitive and they're generally really good. And it always comes down to the wire. And, and this was no exception. I, I think this makes what, like eight ties or something crazy between us. Um, but I, you know, first, first, uh, game out of quarantine, uh, I, I think we looked good and I think it's only going to look better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we, uh, Dylan, Alan, myself, we all talked about it last week, how uh, Phoenix is coming in with the advantage of having played a tune-up match against Los Dos, who I believe both you now and Alan called kids, or at least, you know, the opposite of grown-ass men, I think is what Alan's term was last week. But we all know now how that turns out when they face against San Diego. So I don't know what we say about San Diego on that. Uh, so th that's the, the interesting thing, though, to think about with this, though, is is and that's the tough thing with these two teams is you never really know what you're going to get uh, week in and week out or match in and match out because of you know these are usually young teams and sometimes these young teams can really just put a game together and just you know look really solid for a full 90 minutes uh, and sometimes they can just be easily walked over but you know in terms of phoenix i mean phoenix is a really quality team so you can maybe expect that against a team like a los dos um, it, was there any player, I'm going to go around and just, let's keep it a little brief here, a uh, player that stood out for you for Orange County in this match, Cameron? Brian Olosky. I felt that he was pressing well. He was able to steal possession off of Phoenix. He got himself into some good scoring areas. You know, he may have taken a touch too much. A couple of his shots were blocked. But I think for someone who's, that's, I think it was his first match for the team as a starter, so he put it. He, he, I don't think he put a foot foot wrong. And personally, he was my man of the match. I mean, yes, Kevin Coleman scored the goal, but I think Olaski gave OC a bit of pace and a bit of just a good ability to press and had picked out some good pass in the final third. And I think he probably could have got a goal. Um, but that's just down to decision making. But for someone who is looking to make his name in the starting eleven. And to put a good foot in for Cloutier, I think he had a solid match overall. What about you, Alan? Uh, do you agree with Cameron, or do you have a different player that stood out for you? Um, I thought Aiden Quinn was a absolute star in this match. Um, I think both offensively and defensively, he really put Orange County in a good position to be successful. Um, he was a key player in clocking up that midfield if you watch back uh the game phoenix really didn't have a lot of space to explore and to use their pace 
Um, Solomon Asante blamed the pitch. I will blame uh, Orange County's defensive line and midfield. Um, and I thought Aiden Quinn uh, put some good balls in offensively as well. Um, he just looked um, kind of vintage Quinn. Uh, and it'll be interesting uh, when Ed of, Ed of Volson gets back. Um, I think if Quinn continues to play the way he played against Phoenix, uh, you're adding an extra layer of depth there, um, an extra layer of uh, offensive attacking uh, prowess that maybe Forrester didn't quite live up to. Um, I thought Quinn pulled out a really, really, really good game for Orange County on both sides of the ball, and so I thought he was the my pick for the, a key player. Let me move on to you, Dylan. I know you sort of uh, gave a shout-out to Danny Finlayson. Finlayson? I, I forget how to say his last name, so I, I apologize for that. I always butcher last names. Everyone that listens to the podcast knows that I do that. Uh, it, would that be your pick for maybe the man of the match, or do you have someone else? Yeah. You know, I think Olaski's a really good shot, but just to actually, and actually Quinn, doing so much defensive work and kind of being the person that we played out of trouble with, both are really good opportunities. Just to be different, Danny Finlayson, um, or even Nathan Smith. Like, we asked both of our fullbacks, basically, to play against the two best wingers in the league, and they did really, really well. They needed help, but they did really, really well. I'm going to give it to Finlayson because he's playing out of position. I will say at the match, we were sitting in proximity of each other. We were still social distanced, uh, but we were there. And you kept sort of worrying or wondering why Nathan Smith was playing off of Solomon Asante uh, throughout the whole match. I think you, I, I'm not quoting you correctly, but you you mentioned a few times that you need to get up on Asante. You can't give him that much space. Uh, but I will say this, Nathan Smith did put in a really good match. The The club put up a little clip of him just sort of, not falling for any of Solomon Asante's uh, footwork and just just almost like, here, give me that ball and you go to the ground type thing, which was pretty awesome. I, I know, Andy, you you had mentioned how impressed you were with the defense in this match. I think you posted something on the OCSC fans' Facebook page about yeah. um, it was impressive that they were to hold this like high-scoring, potent offense to one goal, and Phoenix had to work for that goal. Uh, so would you pick a defensive player as your standout player or who would be yours? Yeah, I was actually, uh, Cameron stole mine. I was going to go with Lasky, but I'll, I had a backup. Um, you know, it's like when you go to dinner and your buddy orders what you want. So you have to have a backup thing, same deal. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Smith. Um, you know, he was, he was, uh, really good at just locking down, um, their scores. I mean, look, look how many goals Phoenix has scored, um, just in this little truncated short season we've had so far. And, and to hold them to zero goals for, uh, I don't know, what was it, almost 70 minutes? I mean, come on, that that team's just a steamroller. And for us to completely stymie their offense, I think they had two shots on goal or something, two shots on target. I mean, it was, it was ours was not high either, but theirs was exceptionally low. And uh, to just be told what a scoring powerhouse they were, um, to just watch them not really be able to do anything was great. Um, but, yeah, there's that clip where uh, – Solomon Asante is carrying the ball and, and Nathan basically just stands his ground and takes the ball off his feet and Solomon goes flying into the into the area that was just I could watch that all day and, and I think one of your fellow uh, CLC members is maybe trying to give credit to CLC for their chanting out there outside of the fence <laughs> uh, maybe that uh, shocked Phoenix a little bit or something who knows yeah uh, but yeah that, that defense was a really solid group effort I think all the players on that defense uh 
maybe forgetting a couple of plays. I know there was one moment where um, I think right after I had mentioned that it's nice to have someone like Orozco in the back line. And then he made a really bad uh, play on a ball and almost scared us all for a moment there. Uh, I'm going to pick my, I'm going to sort of cheat and pick two players as my impact players in this match. And that's going to be the subs that came in, in DJ and Kevin Coleman. I think I mentioned when I, before they even came in, I looked at Cameron and Dylan. I said, those two are going to have to come in and they're going to really change this match. And and if you look at back at the tape, you look back at the match, uh, Ugo was struggling to make any kind of impact up front because he was really the only person up there. Oloski was doing some work, but he was more, he was staying back a little bit. He wasn't really pressing high up with Ugo. Once you got Kevin and DJ in there, Kevin Coleman and DJ in there, it sort of uh, opened up the offense for Orange County. It, It added some pace to the wings and it also made Phoenix now have to focus on two very uh, potent offensive threats in DJ and Kevin Coleman, which gave Ugo a little bit more space to work, eventually leading to a goal that we got there from Kevin Coleman and almost a second goal, if not for a, I guess you could say two point or one point saving red card by Kanto Owasu Ansu, or however you say his name, I'm butchering that also. Dylan's just looking at me. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, he's no one, longer one he's letter no change longer. in his name. One and letter can't change, pronounce and all of a sudden you can't pronounce the whole thing. You just yeah. said like five different words, and none of them were ever <laughs> any part of his name. Everything you said, everything you said was wrong. Owasu Ansu Kanto. Okay, there we go. Is that better? Kanto with the Condor, baby. I do. I do. Kanto now. I do think that Kevin Coleman shout is a great one. We saw like sparks of this last year and I thought he was going to be a really exciting addition to orange County last year. And then he had a couple good, a couple really good games in a row. And I was like, man, this guy's going to be an, the next level. He's going to be somebody who can pull off the bench. You can rotate through. And I think he got hurt and he never quite regained his greatness. It was really, really, really good to see him back out and being successful and really kind of running at that back line um, and and putting them on notice that both him and DJ uh, are going to do that. And I think that there's some some something for uh, Coach Cloutier to look at for next match is maybe you do the same thing where you start off with a bigger guy like Ashana Coley. I think Brian Olaski is going to get his chance. I don't think he was super great. I think it was good, but not great. Uh, and then you bring those speed guys off the bench when that back line's tired and just run at them and run at them and run at them. And um, I'm, like I said, I, it was really, really good to see Kevin Coleman be successful again. And here's here's an interesting thing, right? With that late red card from Kanto, I mean, he's not going to get to play in this next match, which luckily for Orange County, I guess in this instance, it's against Orange County. So that red card is really impacting this match now. Uh, and from what I know, Phoenix is not really deep when it comes to uh, Kanto's position there, right? I, I don't know who is going to step in and play for him. I know we've talked about in the past that Phoenix has a really, really, really deep squad, but this may be the one like Achilles heel of, of the depth chart is who's going to now step in for Phoenix in the back line there and, and help prevent against what we know is a pretty good offense for Orange County um, is – and, and again, we don't typically see this in, in soccer where it's back-to-back matches against the same opponent. So usually a red card in, in a match, say, against us would help another team, but it's helping us. It's really cool. What do you think, Dylan? 
Um, yeah, they actually have a bit of a selection nightmare to go through now because of Contos. Uh, Red card. Um, I don't think they actually have another left back, so maybe they played Darnell King on the wrong foot, but he actually didn't look that good on the right foot, no pun intended, um, as a right back. It's a bit of a mess. It totally sucks for them. I mean, they've got Austin Ledbetter on the bench, but I don't see... They're not going to change from their shape, so they have to play someone kind of out of position now, and I just... I don't know. Um... Defense kind of haunted them in this match. I think they had a, a bit of trouble. Um, Orange County kind of like goaded them into playing too far up the pitch. And then, you know, it's not pretty to watch, but uh, Rob Kiernan's great at it from playing in Scotland and England is just, you know, like 4 4 2 hoofball. Get out the pitch and hope someone gets something. Um, I'm glad we don't play like that on a regular basis anymore, but we did well. Um, I do want to say, though, the pitch was in bad shape, but that's not why Phoenix lost. Because, they, well, they didn't lose. Because they couldn't truck eight. It's like a loss, honestly. To... No, I mean it's both teams play on it, right? And it's not like the ball was taking really weird bobbles. It was just hard and in bad shape. And it's not like that's what we want out of our pitch either, because we have to play a bunch more games there. Shout out to spray paint. Yes, yeah, so shout I mean, out to the city of Irvine for not doing the bare minimum at all times. But I mean, they go into San Antonio and do decently well in San Antonio. We know that pitch is garbage. So and their own is usually pretty bad by this point in the season as well. So it was a weird. I didn't end up watching the video, but I saw it got circulated pretty horribly, and I was like, okay, well, the pitch was bad. That is absolutely true. They had to spray paint it because, I guess, when this all started, they just decided not to do anything to it. But um, I just honestly think Orange County and the defense did incredibly well and then yeah you just put two really fast guys on who were fresh after 65 minutes and let them have fun and that's what they did uh let me go over to you andy um what were your or what are you thinking uh is going to happen in this match uh this rematch i guess we could say um what's what needs to happen for orange county to to come away with the full three points man you shouldn't ask me tactical questions like that but um you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's going to be more of the same, but I think we'll see uh, a similar principle, maybe not the same tactics. Um, but, you know, let's 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 be honest. Phoenix is strong and fast. It's one of the reasons they get so many PKs. Uh, it's one of the reasons uh, why they get so many dangerous free kicks down in the attacking third. Um, so you really have to bottle that up. You know, you got to keep them from being able to get onto their legs uh, you know, we, we mentioned earlier about how Nathan Smith was just, uh, you know, he was on Asante, just, you know, gum on a shoe, right? Um, and just not letting him really get into what he wanted to get into. It's going to have to be more of the same, I think. Uh, it'll probably probably look a little different on top. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll see some similar kind of assignments, but it Clearly, it, it can't be the same, but, you know, I'm not smart enough to guess what that'll look like. Well, let me ask you, Cameron, um, if we can have a lot more of Solomon Asante complaining to the refs about uh, things going on in the match instead <laughs> of maybe being able to easily dribble by our defenders, then that's, that, that's definitely a recipe for a victory, right? I mean, I think the best part about that game is just hearing the, all the on-field chatter. 
and the coaches and whatnot. And Asante was like the most vocal one. And he got a yellow card too <laughs> right after he like made the big fuss to the ref. And then he gets booked. Um, I think what we're going to see on Saturday is that we're going to see Phoenix try to press for an early goal. That's the only way that, that's the only way they get a win. They ha- because we they know they have that deficiency of a contour off the pitch, not playing. Like we're gonna see Phoenix come out full guns blazing and get in that early goal so they can set up shop. And I think just if Orange County can weather these the first can weather the first twenty minutes and then start easing themselves into the game and start pounding the start pounding whoever's playing at left back. I think Orange County can though I think that, I think they can get three points as long as they can weather what Phoenix is going to bring in the first 20 minutes because they know they, they're going to try to get that first goal. So let me go to you really quick, Alan. So do you think, uh, do you agree with Cameron on that where uh, Phoenix is going to be going for that early goal? And if we can maybe not allow that early goal, is, is that a good sign for Orange County? Yeah, I think Phoenix lives on that panic that teams play under when they play Phoenix is if they go down one nil, they know they're going to have to score. So they open up, which leads to space that Phoenix can take advantage of. I think what Orange County did really well was eliminate that space that Phoenix had to operate in. So I do agree with Cameron that if Orange County can keep Phoenix off the board, I think Phoenix gets a little frustrated and goes to this kind of like, we're just going to, you know, dump it or try to use our speed. Uh, I don't think they're quite as crisp when they aren't on the front foot. Uh, we saw that a little bit at the end of the season last year. Um, we saw a little bit against Orange County where they kind of press things. Uh, they put balls in that aren't the smartest uh, because they're, the, but they're the fanciest. So I think if Orange County can keep them off the board for as long as possible, they're going to get frustrated, and then that's going to open them up for Orange County to take advantage. So Orange County just needs to be patient. Um, a draw for them is not going to kill them. Um, I think drawing Phoenix uh, puts them in a, a better position because that means every other team in the group has to draw Phoenix. Otherwise, they're going to a point dropped in comparison. So as long as they're not dropping all three, Orange County should be happy with whatever they get off of Phoenix because the you know the the mentality changes. You just got to get into the playoffs, and so they're playing. It's right now. It's Phoenix and Orange County to lose. And if they take points off of or- uh, Phoenix, that just puts them in a driver's seat. Good way to look at it. Uh, any other thoughts heading into this Orange County Phoenix match on Saturday? Uh, I'll start off really quick with you, Cameron. I mean, it's just what, again, just staying solid defensively. Like what Alan said just like 30 seconds ago, stay patient. Um, you know, I think a loss, if Oloski can make few, fewer touches in the box and find some space for him, he can probably get a goal or two. Um, again, Darwin Jones and Kevin Coleman, they're the X factors. And who, and Darwin Jones, he's lining up on that left back who's ever playing there. You know, Darwin can have a field day. And I think two draws, it's good, but I think ultimately the dry if oc wins saturday they are the driver they're they're in the driving seat for the entire group and i think that's a better position to be in i mean even though phoenix is one of the best teams in the league i think if orange county can stay patient frustrate phoenix like what alan said 
OC can get three points and have, taking four points from two games and being in the driving seat in the West, I think that's what OCSC needs to get done. And we haven't even mentioned uh, Chandler Hoffman, uh, which uh, the account from Caroline Coalition is sort of uh, maybe questioning. Well, you know, what's Hoffman going to play in this match? Uh, I, I think he came on. I, I think speaking with Braden Cloutier after the match on Thursday, um, he just really started training with the team. So to throw him in there with limited training with the team, and he looked okay out there. He didn't look great. But again, when you've only had a few practices with your teammates, it's going to be tough to go into that situation. I think he's one of those players that you're going to have to give it a, a few weeks before he's making solid impacts for the team. Let me go to you, Dylan, because I know you were ready to say something before I went to Cameron there. Uh, any last thoughts on this Orange County Phoenix match that's coming up? Yeah, my big questions are Hoffman now with a week and a half of training. What can he do in a match? Um, I think he offers a different play style from Ugo, and I think it's probably worth exploring. As well as Ina Wildsen. Um obviously missed out in the last match because he happened to be in Denmark like a week and a half prior. I don't know how long he spent there. I don't know if he's back or not. I didn't see him last week, but if he was quarantining, then he obviously wouldn't be at the match. So I think if those two play, we probably get a really, really big result um, because Inavoldson is a massive, massive problem to deal with for a back line that will be playing a um, a second string player that's made like nine appearances for the club ever. It's Bjornthin, by the way. He is their backup left back. He spent a bunch of time with Tucson, which is why I forgot he existed. Sorry, buddy. And, uh, you know, Dylan bringing up Enna Voldsen, he wasn't there at the previous match. We learned from Coach Bergen Clude he was back home in Denmark, I believe, because of the birth of uh, of a child. So um, so that's why Enna Voldsen has been out of the, at least the lineup for that first match. And we, yeah, we really don't know if he's back, when he came back, and with the whole uh, quarantine stuff, what's going on with that. So uh, let me go to you, Andy. Any last thoughts on this upcoming match? Yeah, look, um, Phoenix is a good team. Let's not kid ourselves. We all know that. But we're pretty good too, right? And I'm a, I'm a little tired of the narrative that Phoenix is going to win everything. Um, our group's hard. There's there's no way you can say our group's not hard. Uh, we've got us, we've got Phoenix, we've got San Diego. And yeah, San Diego's kind of the X factor, but pretty i have a feeling they might be on top of the league right now or on top of our bracket or or something i don't know alan keeps trying to tell me they're the most winningest team in football i don't know but we're pretty good too um both on paper and now clearly on the field um anybody who discounts us or thinks it's going to be an easy win they're they're gonna have a they're gonna have a bad time that was that was the soccer sandy I was talking about <laughs> not. I mean, San Diego Loyal's nope, only lost cares. one match. Um, nobody cares. I I know, which is sad. San Diego Soccer's have a huge lineage, <laughs> including Coach Braden Cloutier and Aiden Quinn's dad. Both played for the Soccer's at the same time. There's Did you ever win any here. of those jerseys that you were bidding for? By the way, no, they went for like way more than I was willing to pay for them. Um, way more than that, a teacher's salary, huh? It's true. It's true. But they went to a good cause, and so. Congratulations to the people won. Um, yeah, I think the group is by far the strongest group in the Western Conference. Um, and, you know, 
See, I, I put this in the chat with Dylan. San Diego was built to make the playoffs in a 16 or an 18 team Western Conference. Um, they're not built to necessarily go toe to toe with Phoenix and Orange County in three matches. Um, I do think that they can be competitive. I think LA can be competitive. Uh, we saw what we, we've seen what Tacoma's been able to do um, early season against Sacramento. There's so many like variables right now that's like you can't pick winners in some of these matches. Like, I think everyone, I think the USL pickums had like four correct picks out of the entire weekend of the picks. So, just right now, it's just a crapshoot and it's so hard. So, it was so, in, in, it's, it was nice to see two teams playing at a higher level against each other. And, like I said, I can't wait for Saturday. Like, I can't. Like, I'm, I'm excited as, just a soccer fan to see these two teams go up against each other. Cause I think they elevate each other uh, to play better. Um, Orange County seems to rise to that challenge. Um, and Phoenix has only won once in Orange County. They talk a lot of smack about Orange County being their home away from home, but there are way more draws. Yeah. That one win was a kind of a big win, but Orange County has been able to go toe to toe with the quote best team in the West um, and, and come away successful more than that. Uh, outdoor soccer. That's she does not like indoor soccer. So that's a that's a little bit of a biased opinion. Um, it's just different. It's just different. Um, but I, I do think Andy's right. I think there's a lot of variables, and teams like Orange County and Phoenix need to be careful that they don't trip up against a team like LA. Like that's been a little bit of Orange County's kryptonite last year was low dose. They didn't couldn't beat them, and you in a shortened season in a tight group. Every point matters. If you drop points against team you're supposed to win, like Las Vegas, uh, LA, I would even argue San Diego, Orange County should beat San Diego at home. Like that's what they should do. And if they don't, then you there. That's when the wrenches start to come into the play. Uh, but I was really impressed with the young players at Orange County this past game. Uh, I was impressed with the older players, really outside of a couple plays here and there. Um, but yeah, it did take Drogba. Um, but no, I think Orange County is in a great position. And if they play like they played last weekend, I I, I do see three points. I see that they can get a win out, out of Phoenix, uh, and it would be a, a huge win. Perfect. Let's go around the table here and do our score predictions for this match. I'm going to start with our guest, Cameron, uh, score prediction, and who's going to be the key player for I the, the match. Okay, so my pick, um, I think it'll be 2-1, Orange County. I think Orange County get two goals before Phoenix gets their one. Could be late on. Um, my player to watch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have – this is going to be two, two for one. I'm going to say a Roscoe and Rob, Keen, uh, Rob Kiernan because – Phoenix is going to come flying out of the gate and they got to be simpatico. They got to be communicating with each other because I felt they both had strong games. I mean, so I just think that, you know, if Kieran and Orozco are able to match that performance last week or go one further, I think that's the key for Orange County winning. What about you, Andy? Uh, Scores that we're doing? Pay attention, uh, man. Pay attention. Man. Yeah. I'm not used to going <laughs> second. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo uh Cameron and that was I was actually thinking this 
earlier, 2-1 Orange County. Perfect. Any uh, person that will be the key to the match that you uh, can think Mr. of? Aiden Quinn, like always. Perfect. Uh, Dylan, what about you? I think this is a 1-1 draw. Um, I don't know who's going to be the man of the match. Just phoning it in, Dylan, there. How dare you? I am the senior most member of this podcast. Oh. I mean, technically, uh, isn't that Andy? Isn't he the oldest? Hey, Ooh. hey what is going on? What, what is going on here? Who else are we going to roast? By the way, Cameron and his toothbrush. We will not be rooting for the refs in this match. They had a bad timeout. There was no fourth official. <laughs> Matt they had a bad timeout anyway. Yeah, Matt Fonseca was the fourth official. <laughs> Never going to uh, root for pro refs. Alan, what about you? What is your uh, score prediction and the key player? Are you gonna Are you gonna agree with your co-host there in San Diego uh, for no. the Fairweather Pod? Uh, no. Uh, so with the USL show, we do a pick 'em every week and we submit it to the league, and it's like a consensus vote. And I'm sometimes wrong, um, but I I picked Orange County to win this match. I thought, looking at what they were able to do them defensively this past match. And thinking about what they are able to, what they can do offensively, um, I am going to agree with a two-one Orange County victory. Um, and I think it boils down to whoever they put in the goal, uh, whether it's um, if Frederick Due or Dua, whatever his name is, um, makes his start. Well, they say Due, but I know it's not Due. Um, if Frederick that's Dua, a, that's like city guys. They, they're the ones that say Dua. Um, if Frederick Dua makes his appearance, I think um, he pulls it out. I think Aaron Cervantes can have a, a better game. I thought he did fine, um, but I think um, I think it's going to boil down to how well the keeper uh, does because I think that they're going to be tested a little bit more, and they're going to have to come up with a couple big saves. And I know those big saves are are in them, uh, so I think that. You know, I agree, Cameron, with Rob Kiernan and Michael Rolesko. It's going to come down to them. But I think that the keeper is going to bail them out a couple times. Perfect. I'm going to go one nil on this match. And I'm going to say the key player is going to be Harry Forrester. Um, if he can stay under control and he can uh, help set up his teammates up top, then that's how Orange County pulls off this one nil victory. Uh, let's do this really quick before we get to our random thoughts uh, for time purposes. I do want to just really quickly touch on the playing for pride contest between Alan Dillon and myself. Um, I don't know if our stats are up to date. Are they up to date, Alan? Yes, they are. Uh, you well, have 33 points. You have 33. Dylan has 27. I have 24. But Ray has no more teams left in competition. So uh, he is completely eliminated. Um, sorry, no, he's not. Dylan's completely eliminated. I thought Ray was going to be. But Sky Blue FC saw, for Ray. I saw Sky Blue, yes. Yeah. Uh, the non-choice has Portland Thorns, and I have both Houston Dash and Chicago Red Stars. We're on opposite sides of the bracket. So I'm really hoping they pull through with a victory, and I come so from you're behind. Telling me- you're telling me if you, if your teams lose both of these matches, then I'm automatically the winner of this. Of this no, because Portland Thorns can win, and then everyone loses. No, nah, we're not counting that. We're counting just between us. Boo! I just want to say, Boo 
we're all already hosts of a soccer podcast, so we're already all losers. Ooh. Come on. Yeah, Tell can't me. go wrong there. I can't go wrong. Shut up, Mr. Hashtag Husband Podcast. Hashtag facts. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Time also, for random thoughts to wrap things up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big shout out All to right. Angel City FC announcement today. NWSL team coming to LA, and the youngest owner in sports history, Serena Williams' daughter at two years old. So that's Olympia to you, Olympia. Sorry. Um, imagine, imagine getting the news you're leaving the team from a two-year-old. Hearing <laughs> like, <laughs> your papers no, like. <laughs> You stink. She's like, like, do you have any games on your phone? Actually, it doesn't matter. Call your agent. Go find a new club. I'm losing control of this thing. Look at this. Yeah, you already lost it. That's Cameron's random thought. Andy, what's your random random thought? thought. That that is not (laughs) a random thought. thought. That that was on brand for the – no, 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 no. That is – that's not random. That is not random. Mike. Random thought, thought because he does not like to go second, I'm going to go to Andy first for random thoughts. Andy, what's your random thought? I don't like going first either. Uh, Random thoughts. Uh, Well, Cameron took mine. I was going to talk about Angel City. Damn it. Uh, I will say I tried to order some Angel City merch. Sold out by like 2 o'clock this afternoon. Um, I was a little bummed about that, but that's okay. Um, hey, anyway, um, you know, check out your uh, local team, Angel City. Um, if the UWS ever plays again, make sure you check them out. If the WPSL ever plays again, make sure you check them out. You know, I, I know it's it's uh, easy to go watch MLS because it's awesome, um, but you know what? They don't need your money. Um, these other teams need your money, and they need it bad, and um, you can actually – forge a relationship with the team and players uh, without having to spend um, a pile of money just to go to a game and park your car. So check out lower division, uh, men's, women's, doesn't matter. Check it out. That's all I got. Perfect. Random thought from Cameron. What you got? All right. Um, oh, geez. Toy wasn't thinking about the random thought, so I'm going to get roasted. Um, let's put it this way. Um, <laughs> Here, let me give you a little bit of time to think. I'm fired. Uh, Cameron. Hey, Cameron, Cameron. Hold on, Cameron. <laughs> think about what your answer is going to be. I'll come back to you. Alan, what's your random thought? Uh, my random thought is if you have a friend or a family member that you haven't checked in on, uh, please do so. Um, mental health is still something that I think people are trying to figure out. Uh, so if you haven't touched base with a friend, acquaintance, uh, someone in your circle uh, that you haven't checked in with, uh, just check in with them, send them a text, see how they're doing, see if they need anything, uh, and help each other uh, continue to get through this. Uh, I know sports being back is great, uh, but that's you know a couple hours at a time. So um, I think some people might be having some tough times out there still. So uh, be a good neighbor um, and check on each other. All right, is Cameron ready for his? No, he's not. Okay, let's go to Dylan. Dylan, what's your random thought? Um, wow, I really like Allen's. Usually I'm the downer of the random thoughts, but I have to say sports are back for a little bit less time. Um, I don't know. Okay, so in and out, uh, 
And he's talking about women's sports. Alan's a Liverpool fan. Liverpool is spending a ton of money on a bunch of fireworks. And uh, their women's team just got really good. Like, their women's team is, like, USL status, basically, where they're, like, fighting tooth and nail for the bare minimum living situations. Um, so, I don't know. Sport a women's team. Or if you like a big prem team, you should, like, hound them like crazy to get them to support their women's team. Uh, also, the championship ends tomorrow. And uh, Luton Town have a chance to actually survive after being on the foot of the table forever. So I'm terrified. I don't Life know is what horrible. Someone check in on me tomorrow, please. Thank you. All right, let's go back to Cameron. Has he figured out something, or does he just want to agree with County Line Coalition on what their random thought is? What do you got? Um, ter- uh, news: Orange County is the second county in California that have like the highest, second highest coronavirus cases. Um. Make sure people are wearing a mask. Like, I think there was a sign on the five free that said Orange County is the Florida of California. And really, it's gotten to that point. <laughs> so just make sure everyone wears a mask. You know, it's the least you can do in terms of stopping the spread of COVID. It's really the least you can do. Wear a mask. Perfect. I guess my random thought will be the uh, USL Xbox version is going to live on. I just had a meeting with some of the other members of the league. We are sort of going to be the admins for this USL league for the next or for the foreseeable future. So we will be continuing things. There's actually going to be promotion relegation. We're going to have a lot of other stuff coming through with that. Uh, And I might force Dylan and Alan to continue broadcasting on video games, as long as they'll do it. I don't know if they really will, but um, that's going to continue. I know there was, we were talking about it recently. There were some thoughts that it might not continue, but it was a good conversation today. That's going to keep happening. So I will get to keep playing video game soccer uh, competitively, which is fun. And Andy's falling asleep from that. Lo and behold, Andy, when you didn't have any other sports to watch, you were actually watching a little bit of, I think, who knows? Um, uh, it was, it was painful, my friend. <laughs> hey, but it went well today. If you missed it, go check back the replay on our social media accounts. Really quick, um, social media from everyone. Let's go to Cameron. What's your social media that people can follow if they want to hear more of your historical thoughts? So my personal Twitter is at what Cameron said, one full word. And the handle to my podcast is a mouthful of his his one we're close to 100 followers on twitter we're at 96 um this weekend on sunday we were going to record part one of our series about the russian revolution <laughs> what <laughs> i'm reading this chat <laughs> uh, no it's it's um yeah so I mean, there is, there is, there's a bit of sexual innuendo about the the title too. You know, I think, I think it was, it was very implicitly. Where did we find it on Twitter? (laughs) Yeah. I said a mouthful of his one. (laughs) It does. Okay. Okay, If you don't know why we're cracking up, it's the the eternal chat. Luckily you cannot see what's going on here. So I, um, yes. All right. Just Apparently, Caroline Coalition is falling asleep though right now. So, um, Andrewwood forty-eight on the Twitter machines. Thank you, Alan Dillon. 
OCSC underscore Dylan on Twitter and Reddit and uh, under the byline Dylan Allen at eldonnews.org. And what about you, <laughs> Andy? Sorry. Uh, no, that's all right, man. I always pass this question, but I'm going to say don't don't look up me. Look up County Line Coalition on Twitter and Instagram. Woohoo. And you can follow me on Twitter. My personal is at DJ Ray Samora or the podcast at OCSC underscore soccercast. Also go to our website. Uh, ocscpodcast.com to listen to any of our previous episodes, read anything we have to say, follow Caroline Coalition um, to show your support of Orange County um, and the fans. Look at that. We got just a bunch of Orange County stuff going on. Look right there. Got Caroline Coalition behind me. Luckily, they decided to just strike a pose for the entire podcast back there. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, um, Yeah, I think that's about to wrap things up. I want to once again thank our guest from Orange County, Defender... Kevin Alston for taking some time to, to join us today. Also, Cameron, Andy, thanks for joining us on our hundredth official like episode, counted episode. We've done little like you know pre-match episodes and little one-off episodes that don't account to our official number. We only count our Tuesday night episodes when we count those. So this is officially our hundredth uh, episode where we do this, not just sort of random stuff. Um, and then, of course, I want to thank Dylan, who's been there since day one. Uh, Alan, who's been there since the beginning of last season. Uh, you guys have been a big part of this, and we're going to keep this thing going, and we're going to try and aim for now a 1,000 episodes. Uh, that's our next big goal to reach. Um, no. Let me ask you this. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dylan. Please. You don't want to get to a 1,000? No. Well, let's get to 200 first. Our listeners don't want us there. <laughs> uh, Alan, do you have the the read ready so I, I know when to exit things here, or do I need to like draw this out a little bit? I've been dr driven it out long enough. That's what. So, still doing phrasing, yeah. guys. <laughs> so, once again, thanks for listening, all you uh, listeners that have listened week in and week out. Thanks for your support, um, and we will continue doing this as long as we have people willing to listen to us do this. Uh, so for everyone after they all leave. Yes. You ready, Alan? No. I'm just going to read it from Hold on. memory. Hold like on really quick, earlier. you guys. I'm going to give Alan a little bit of time.